Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You know how it is around here. Every week, some new hopeful washes up on the tide. As ubiquitous as the driftwood, the bloated corpses of cows, the flotilla of water bottles and bleached fishing floats. From my experience, this human detritus can be divided into two categories. Number one, chasing dreams. Number two, fleeing demons. The only thing that binds them is the belief that the hokianga will provide them solace and sanctuary, a new start. There's some truth in this, but not much. After all, it's just a harbour, not even a safe harbour. Many are the hopes and dreams that have been dashed on the shoal of its dangerous bar. I wondered which category Jane fell into when I looked up from the weekend herald one lazy Sunday afternoon to see her coming down the garden path. First impression? She reminded me of Maureen O'Sullivan in those old Tarzan movies, only blonde and wearing a faded singlet and cut-off shorts instead of those strategically placed scraps of bunny fur. Emerging from the greenery, she bounded up the front steps and flashed me a winner's smile. I've come about the room, she said. Bugger. The room was a tip. If she'd rung first, like I specified in the ad, I'd have had time to clean the place up. I've fallen behind on the domestic goddess routine since I've been living alone. She must have seen my face. Oh, don't tell me, she squealed. It's already gone. She spread her hands, made a tragic face. I put one mental tick in that no column as I leaned across and shoved the sleeping cat's considerable bulk off the spare chair. Yeah, still available. Take a seat. Just the act of sitting down was a performance. I watched her stretch out her long legs, cross her shapely ankles, sigh and wriggle her painted toes and those canvas and rope sandals you see in foreign films. Once settled, she raised her shades to assess the overgrown garden. Oh, it's lovely here, she purred closing her eyes and angling her head to get maximum advantage from the sun. She obviously hadn't noticed the cobwebs, the slumbering spiders and entombed flies decorating the eaves. This is my grandparents' house, I told her. It's been severely neglected since they passed away. I love gardening, she said, and held up her elegant hands, palms spread for my inspection. Look! green fingers. Well, silver. Her fingers sparkled in the sun. She narrowed her eyes and scanned the tangle of trees, the unmown lawn. What you need here are some points of focus. A few larger specimen shrubs set off by smaller arrangements and complementary colours. Maybe a few rustic sculptural elements linked by shell paths. Or a bulldozer. 
I thought. Are you a landscaper? I was mentally going through the list I'd downloaded from tenancy services to help me weed out potential mongrels. Trouble was, apart from asking if she was a crack addict, my mind had gone blank. <laughs> God, no, I'm a teacher. Another tick on the positive side. Teachers are one of the best paid folks around here. Well, the only paid folks, if you don't count the cops, the screws and the social workers. Are you working at the moment? About to be. She was picking dead leaves off the moribund geranium in its weedy pot, as if to prove her gardening prowess. I'm the new art teacher at the college. Good luck. The last one quit after one term. She regarded me brightly. Yeah, it's a challenge, but I like a challenge. I've got some great ideas for engaging reluctant learners. In the long pause that followed, Shane and I watched a kingfisher come into land on the lanky pear tree listened to the drone of the rescue helicopter on its way to the hospital, the sympathetic harmonies of bees dashing from blossom to blossom. A heron lifted out of the mangroves with an exultant cry, and a gentle breeze drifted in from the harbour, playfully fondling her stylish hairdo. It was shaping up to be a lovely day. This landlady role was a new thing for me. The prospect only came about after I'd been moaning to the girls at work about how hard it was to cover the mortgage since my son had shot through to Aussie. Somebody said probably just to shut me up. Well, why don't you get a flatmate? My first reaction was, hell no. The last time I had flatmates was 30 years ago, but I still vividly recall the mess in the kitchen, queuing for the bathroom, only to find the towels sodden and the hot water cold having to endure someone else's appalling taste in music, not to mention their appalling taste in men, coming into the kitchen first thing to encounter some strange bloke pouring the last of the milk onto his cereal. It's your house, my workmates assured me. Be picky. Why don't you specify a mature woman with a job? So I did, and the first person to answer the ad in the Northern News was Jane. While I struggled to think of something intelligent to say, Jane leapt up and disappeared into the house. I wonder what she'd make of the mismatched cabinets, the pitted formica counters, the greasy stove. Yet when I summoned the courage to join her, I found her smiling. So much space in these bungalows, so much storage. You should have seen my apartment in Melbourne. It was a closet. Oh, my son's in Australia. It's his room I'm wanting to rent out. She screwed up her nose. Australia! He's welcome to it. Despite the fact that she was one of those people who filled up an entire room on her own, I was warming to Jane. I tagged along as she bounded through the house, ooing and ahhing over every tatty detail, every original feature. She gushed over the orange and tan paisley wallpaper, the scalloped mirror with the deer on it, the sunburst metal clock the china cabinet with a collection of crown lin swans. As if I'd done it all on purpose, instead of just not having the energy to care. What an odd couple we made, I thought as I caught sight of us in the hallway mirror. She, tall and confident like a giraffe, me, short and dumpy, like something much further down the evolutionary ladder. <laughs> Maybe a wombat or a warthog. When, with some trepidation, I opened the door to my son's room, a blast of stale air rushed out. 
perfumed with a distinctive odour of hormonal male and dirty socks. The room was dark, the curtains drawn in a final sullen gesture. But when I drew them, it revealed the true horror of the situation. In the last few weeks before he left, my son had become increasingly resentful of my inability to provide him with the glamorous and fulfilling existence he felt he deserved. I'd done my best, upgraded the broadband and filled the pantry with the fatty snacks he liked to graze on while he scowled into his laptop, but no gesture was enough to alleviate his sense of grievance. In the end, he only emerged from his den, like a grumpy bear coming out of hibernation, to remind me that everyone else's parents had seen it as their duty to provide new cars, house deposits, overseas trips and start-up business capital. The best I could do was an occasional scratchy or a take-out Indian on the nights when I couldn't be bothered cooking. Finally, he sold his PS3 and used the money to buy a ticket to Perth, leaving the room pretty well as it was, which meant an unmade bed, dirty laundry strewn across the floor, crusty dinner plates, empty crisp packets and an impressive collection of well-thumbed porno magazines spread out in open display. Jane paused in the doorway, and I waited for her outrage, for her to turn on her heel and hightail it. Instead, she started telling me where she'd put her things, how she liked the peace and quiet, appreciated the cupboard space, the garden outlook. Back in the kitchen, I remembered my manners and offered her the choice of tea, coffee or a cold drink. She gave me a cheeky smile and asked if I had anything harder. The only thing harder was a $10 bottle of Merlot that even my son had rejected. But when I had poured two glasses and we were on either side of the kitchen table, she took a long draught, licked her lips and asked me how soon she could move in. In the face of her enthusiasm, it felt churlish to question her further. I suggested she wait till I'd moved my son's stuff to the garage and sterilised the room with industrial-strength bleach. She reached across the table to clash her glass against mine in a messy toast and suggested we could start right away, well, at least once we'd finished our drinks. That was the beginning of my new life with Jane. It was strange at first, having someone else in the house. Since I'd been on my own, I'd slipped into some rather shabby habits, like eating out of jars and going to bed in the clothes I'd worn all day. Now there were luxurious smells in the bathroom, a classier brand of dishes in the sink, foods in the pantry with unpronounceable names and stimulating conversations about life and love over the kitchen table late into the night. Now, as I was drifting off to sleep, it was Nina Simone's seductive purr instead of Rihanna's tomcat howl coming from under the spare room door. You know how it is with women. We meet some complete stranger in the supermarket and five minutes later we're sharing the gory details of our miscarriages. So it didn't take many glasses of cheap Merlot for Jane and I to start trading intimacies of our failed relationships, our psycho bosses, our disapproving relatives. When I told her about Daryl and his useless father, Jane was sympathetic, although she'd never had kids. I didn't like to ask her why, just in case it was some tragic medical thing but I suspected from her guilt-free attitude it might have been a lifestyle choice. It was surprising that we got on so well, because to look at us we were chalk and cheese. Although I'd done the maths, I was surprised to learn we shared the same age, 58. She certainly didn't look it. 
didn't give off that deflated, ground-down demeanour of most of the women I knew. I wasn't surprised to learn she came from what she described in ironic air quotes as a privileged childhood. She radiated the confidence that comes from growing up in the spotlight of your parents' hopes and dreams, of being told from the time you were born that you're smart, you're pretty, and the world is your oyster. But nothing's that simple. Jane might have looked glamorous, but she don't survive six decades without experiencing a few hard knocks. Her life, as revealed under the kitchen's naked light bulb, had more drama than my old TV watching schedule. There'd been a brief flirtation with Class A drugs, a tragic love affair with another woman, a career and employment history as random and inexplicable as a maze. There was also one drunken episode at a family get-together that had resulted in her being cut off from a generous trust fund. But Jane didn't come across as bitter. She seemed far too engrossed in the here and now. Oh, it's so lovely here, she breathed one night when we were on the porch, draining the last of the twin bottles of Oyster Bay she had brought home. Her long fingers worried a clump of her blonde hair, twirling twirling in what had become a familiar gesture. I swatted a mosquito that had penetrated the citronella barricade and blinked into the darkness. It'd be even lovelier if I could afford to get the plumber in, but he charges like a wounded bull. Jane had come home earlier that evening and found me slumped over the bills and haunted by ghosts of the past. <laughs> Didn't take long for her to adjust the ambience, she was brandishing two shopping bags from which she proceeded to conjure up a cornucopia of bagels, smoked salmon, gherkins, olives and cream cheese, each gesture executed with the panache of a magician pulling rabbits out of a hat. The real magic, of course, was that you'd managed to score stuff like that within a hundred kilometre radius. It's a real home, she said. You should count your blessings. I'd love to have a real home. For a moment, their bright exterior dropped. Maybe it was just the way her features were distorted in the fluttering candle flame. But for the first time since I met her, I could believe we were the same age. Consider this your home, I told her. I hope you never leave. Granted, I was slightly pursed. I held out my glass and we toasted each other like champions. Mm -hmm.